normally people think about living forever as a way to maintain your body in a good shape uh, for an extended period of time and years. But I think this concept of living forever is different. And I think VR will allow us to actually experience things and invent things differently. Like, for example, time machines. I think the first time machines will be able to be invented inside the metaverse, inside VR. And I think that's with a better, better tech, you would be able to immerse yourself until 100 degree percent. And then you will believe that you are there. Welcome to the Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm your host, Randy, and here in this cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things crypto, NFTs, metaverse, and Web3. There is a lot going on in this space at the moment. And in this show, we dive into everything with experts on the cutting edge. I'm delighted today to introduce someone who is really on the cutting edge of AR, VR, mixed reality, so much of what's going on with hardware and metaverse. And that is Artur Sichov, founder and CEO at Somnium Space. Artur, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I wish we were together in a real cafe. So if we were, where would we be in the world and what would we be drinking there? <laughs> um, I guess if that would be a video interview, I'd be I'd be actually, uh, you know, flying or walking in, inside Somnium in VR and showing you around the, uh, you know, the persistent metaverse, actually, and other people and creations. And I mean, it could be everything, everything you can imagine. Amazing. I love it. So tell me a, a little bit about yourself and what first piqued your interest in the metaverse. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I guess it dates back um, to, to Southern um, or even like 1999 to Southern where um, I first got a kind of like my sneak peek of what the metaverse could be uh, via the game Ultima Online. It was a persistent uh, 2D, not 3D, but 2D uh, online world where people could, you know, communicate, uh, walk around the huge world, build things, you know, buy, sell houses, uh, create items, um, fight, and all this kind of stuff. And um, that was the real, you know, the the the, the, the real metaverse at that time, um, to me for sure, and to many other people. And the way how it was built, um, it was revolutionary. And from that moment on, I was not able to play any single player offline game because the moment you start to have real conversations, real emotions with real people, and you start to influence the, the world around you, the digital world around you, you kind of you can go back um, to normal games. So that's that's kind of where my journey started in the in online and online world. That's amazing. Okay, so what were you doing before Somnium Space? And then uh, tell us what you're up to now. Yeah, by studies, I'm, a, I'm an investment banker. Um, I have, you know, a financial management MBA as well. Um, I've worked as a trader for uh, 10 years. I've traded anything from stocks to options to mainly also later energy, so electricity across the Euro European countries. Um, and I mean, I've been, meanwhile, I was working as a trader. Uh, I was also, of course, um, 
an active gamer um, and I've played Ultima Online honestly till 2009 even or 10. So um, yeah, I've been kind of active uh, in Second Life as well. So kind of two parallel lives, let's say. Love it. So when do you think metaverse, like as someone who works on it, when did that term really go mainstream? I think it was a few years ago. I think definitely um, Facebook uh, played a bit of role in that by renaming themselves into that. But it was actually before uh, before the Facebook came in, um, people were calling that the metaverse because of the uh, Snow Crash, um, you know, book. Um, but I, I think even today, you know, uh, we can we can see that this word is being overly used. You know, it it it's already almost feels like it's misused. Uh, because anything, whoever builds anything online right now, any company, they call it a metaverse, whether it's just a 2D chat or uh, just a game, um, it's, they call it a metaverse. But in, you know, in some new space, we believe there are three different pillars which needs to be uh, connected to actually call something a metaverse. Um, so number one, it has, it has to be immersive. We're talking about virtual reality or maybe augmented reality, but mainly virtual reality, because only when you're in VR, you can immerse yourself and actually get a real connection to either other human being or to environment uh, around you. Because in VR, you see everything in stereoscopic way, you see everything in a lifelike way. And you can connect to any object, you know, you can connect to a sky, you can see the sunset. Those things are important. And that's why we believe in VR. That's why we are VR first uh, company. Um, and that's why we think that if something needs to be called a metaverse, number one, it has to be immersive. Number two, it has to be persistent. And that's a very important part because when, when something is persistent, it means that if I change something in the world, if I influence the world in one way, other people can instantly experience that. Like in real life, right? If I, I don't know, if I uh, fire a firework, people five kilometers away or five miles away from me, we'll see that in real time. So that's persistence where I build something, other people can experience that. If I leave kayak in the middle of the lake, which I could do in VR and I can actually kayak on the water. If I leave that kayak, someone who would be passing by later, they will see that kayak uh, there. So that's persistence. And number three is decentralized. You cannot have a metaverse with a centralized economy when one company owns everything and users have no control over their digital possessions, whether whether it's identity or uh, or goods. So that's why we run on the blockchain because um, it allows users to have full control over their possessions, meaning they can leave the platform, they can leave some space any moment of time, they can sell any of their possessions on any decentralized exchange or marketplace. They don't need to ask me permission as a CEO. They don't need to ask anyone permission. They can just sell it and go. And I think that's. That's one of the most important part where users are in control of their experience and of their possessions. So when you have these three things, there are many more things actually about metaverse, but when you have those three things connected together, then we can start saying that something is actually a metaverse. Mm. Thank you so much. That I feel like that was one of the best explanations for the metaverse that I've heard. So uh, I <laughs> need to, to send you on tour around that. Arthur, I know that you were just at CES unveiling a new headset. Uh, talk to us about what, what was it like being at CES and uh, what is this new headset that's so exciting? Oh, absolutely. So I would go two steps back. Um, um, so we decided, because we're a social... VR, you know, a metaverse company. 
And at some point, one and a half years ago, or almost two years ago, I sat down and I thought about where is everything heading? What are we actually experiencing today? And I realized that basically we're actually getting uh, the same you know, picture of the market as we are having in the mobile phone market, where two or three companies, mainly two companies, they own, you know, they gatekeep the, uh, the experience, the, the platforms, and they decide who is get, going to be on those platforms and who is not. And I realized that that's, you know, as, as a decentralized company, we cannot allow that to happen. It's a risk for us as the company, because we would be then gatekeeped by a few VR headsets producers uh, like Facebook and others. And we said, look, if we want the metaverse and the future of VR to be decentralized, to be open, to be actually accessible to people, if we want users to own their hardware, we have to build our own headset. And it's an incredibly complicated and expensive endeavor. Um, you know, it's not just, okay, I said, hey, let's do, let's do a headset, and then the headset is here. No, not at all. We're working on it already a second year in a row. Uh, it's a tremendous amount of work. A lot of people work on it. But we believe in this, and that's why we made um, an effort to create a completely open source, 3D printable headset with you know high-end specs for people to be able to own their um, to own their hardware. But also, more importantly, that all our users will always have a possibility to enter our metaverse through our hardware if other platforms decide for some reason that Somnium cannot be on them or that it will not be supported because I don't know what. So that's kind of our mission. And as you said, um, we were in CES, but I was not physically there. We had a booth there. Some of our team members were there, but I actually beamed live from VR into a big TV on the stand. And I was talking to people through VR, kind of in a metaphysical way. They were coming to the TV and they were talking to my VR avatar in real time and interacting with me um, all the time like this. So it was very fun, a lot of fun pretty big success. People were interested in the headset. People love the design. Um, you know, they get a lot of feedback to us. And of course, we continue to work on that. That's amazing and very on brand. I'm actually I'm much more excited that you said that. Um, I mean, being places in person is fun, too. But that's, uh, that's uh, exactly what I was hoping for. I'm here in the Crypto Cafe with Artur Sitrov, founder and CEO at Somnium Space. Can you give us some of just some examples of some of your favorite fun things or um, kind of out of the box things that you could do in Somnium space? Oh, absolutely. I think um, we, you know, everything created in Somnium is by users are NFTs. So if we're talking about the avatar, land parcels, creations, uh, cars, hover bikes, um, kayaks, these are all NFTs created by users. And um, I mean, we have racing, we have a lot of concerts, and this is one of the best uh, ways to experience things in VR because, for example, we have amazing um, singer, uh, she's all his sounds, and then Carrie Abel, um, they perform, and, and Crazy Nikki, for example, um, she, they perform live in VR, they sing and play guitar live in VR with a spatial sound inside Somnium, and you know, you meet 30 or 40 different people from 15 different countries and you listen to this concert live with, you know, with lifelike sound, with real-time experience, motions, 
that is unbelievable. Like any disco, any live concert, it's one of the best use cases for VR because not only it connects to the performer, but it also connects to the environment and to people in real time. There's a, a lot of nonverbal communication happening. There's like, imagine the club where the, the DJ is playing live from, I don't know, from Las Vegas, for example, or from Florida. We have a few DJs from there. And then you are dancing there, and then you you hear a group of people talking on the side, three people in VR talking about something. You kind of hear them talking, but you don't hear what exactly they're saying because they're too far and the music is loud, like in real club. But you can get that every day, and you don't need to go to club, and you can meet people from 15 different countries. I mean, that's these are things you cannot do in real life just because, you know, the, the, the physical distances and, and other other barriers. Absolutely. Go to a different club every night, hear music around the world, no lines for the bathroom. Amazing. It's uh, sounds exactly. like ideal. Um, how, how did people celebrate New Year's Eve with you? Uh, we actually had a great, um, like our, our, our guys, we've written a great script where um, we had in the city center, near the city center, we have a place so-called Magic Forest. These are kind of like, um, like if you imagine purple palm trees, uh, some crystal uh, glass uh, sidewalks, um, a center stage, um, NFT statues by different crypto artists. And on that stage, on the screen, we've put flags of different countries while they were celebrating new year so whenever there is another hour i hit the uh, uh the day we would show the flag and we'll put live fireworks in vr showing which country is now celebrating new year and we you know we left the the live stream camera running there and people would just come into this camera and saying happy new year to whoever they wanted to say happy new year so that's you know another way we had of course some concerts there in the city center but this was just an interesting way to, to celebrate that sounds way more fun than all the people here standing outside in the rain in Times Square in New York City, which is like <laughs> right outside our studio that we're recording from. So I, I would much rather celebrate New Year's Eve in VR. Um, Arthur, talk to us about the Live Forever feature. I think that's one of the most interesting things probably that you've launched and uh, uh, a way for people to talk to their loved ones even after they die. It's just it's so fascinating. Yeah, so we, we didn't launch it yet, but we're working on it. Um, and this concept is basically, um, you know, you, you've heard about AI a lot in the in the past year or two. And I think especially in the past six months, uh, AI is getting more and more in the in the center of, of the tension. And, you know, I knew that already for a long time that AI will, you know, the, the way of progression of how AI is uh, evolving is incredible. And of course, in VR, you have an ability to, you know, you, you have your full body present in VR. Uh, sometimes if you have tech, you can have eye tracking, you can have face tracking. Um, if you're wearing Tesla suit, um, which is a full body haptic suit with electromagnetic stimulations, you can feel the environment. But not only that, the Tesla suit can also read your biometrics like stress levels, um, you know, heart, heart rates and everything else. So if you combine this tech, which all works in Somnium, you can actually record yourself to a very, very, very detailed manner. And by applying AI in those recordings later with your avatar and full body movements and your speech and your emotions and your heart rate, you can actually recreate yourself as the digital being if you're not there anymore. Or maybe if you're just busy in real life, 
you can have your digital twin be in VR and maybe even answer some questions about yourself or your gallery or whatever you're running in the metaverse. So that concept is what we're working on right now. It consists of two things. One is we need to solve the, uh, the recording part. That's what we're working right now, where we will need to store the data about you um, in a safe way so that you're in control of the data at any given point of time. And then second part of this would be uh, applying AI on top of those data and recreating your avatar uh, inside Somnium. This is, I, I, you're really blowing my mind right now. And um, it's, uh, it is fascinating when you think about the power of AI and VR coming together and how, I mean, it's so aptly named this feature because you truly can live forever. Um, do you think like, would you, would you want someone to like age along with you, a loved one or something? Or like, what, what would you personally want? Or would you want to like remember them always at, at like the age and look that they left you? Yeah, I think the great part about it is like, first of all, I would be the first one to start using it, obviously, and recording myself. But I think the intriguing part about this is that while AI will be able to capture big part of your personality um, by recreating you in digital digital world, it will also depending on what user chooses, but it will also kind of be learning and evolving based on the experiences that AI will have inside the digital world. Because that AI personality will have conversations with other people in, in VR. It will meet different you know, people, different conversations. And I think that AI will evolve. Yeah. And that is an interesting part where it will still maintain, it will be kind of you or uh, to a certain degree it will be you, but it will also be you with other experiences which you didn't have, but this AI thing had. It's a very broad and deep concept. Um, and there's a lot of tweaking and a lot of um, you know, thinking process we are doing to make sure that we get it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing feature. It's it's so amazing. And it feels seems like it that's a really a great way to for people to um deal with grief and and a lot of emotions around loss and uh really could also lead to some great breakthroughs in mental health and and uh and dealing with trauma as well. So I'm really excited to see uh what you learn there and how uh VR can really help people go through those experiences. Absolutely. And I think we'll, I think it'll, it goes much beyond that, much more beyond it. You know, it, it, it goes to a, to a destination where we might discover it, it literally is like living forever, but in a different way, you know, because normally people think about living forever as a way to maintain your body in a good shape uh, for an extended period of time and years. But I think this concept of living forever is, is, is different. And I think VR will allow us to actually experience things and invent things differently. Like, for example, time machine. People think the time machine is by warping the space and time around and things like that in a, in a more physical way. But I think the first time machines will be able to be invented inside the metaverse, inside VR, because it will take you places in a way that you could relieve the moments while you're not reliving them physically, but digitally, but like what's the, what's real, what's not, you know, that's a very deep conversation again about yeah. your body. Because when you're in VR, your brain is completely disconnected from reality. 
95% you believe you're there. You don't even remember that which direction you're facing in real life. If you try to be, you know what I'm talking about. And I think that's with, with more and more, with a better, better tech and better haptic suits and better technology like scent, for example, and, 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 and uh, you know, haptic gloves, you would be able to immerse yourself to until 100 degree percent. And then you will believe that you are there. It's amazing. Okay, so if you could go forward or backward in time and have a conversation or attend a lecture or a concert of like anyone in, in space, time, or history, what, what, would you, what would you experience or who would you talk to? I think I would go and talk to my father uh, who died uh, a few years ago of cancer. Uh, but I, I think gener generally it's, it's, I think the, an ability to dial back a few days and relive some conversations you had, whether you needed for business or you needed for leisure, or you just want to revisit some parts you forgot. I think it will become absolutely normal within the next 10 years. It will just be some as a feature. It will be just a feature for you to be able to dial back and say, oh, let me, you know, like minority report, like, let me just dial back and see what was in that concert. What did I say there? Did I agree to meet you on Tuesday at seven or was it 730? You'll just dial back and you will see that immersive 3D stereoscopic environment just going around you and, and showing it to you and you'll be able to relieve the moment. Okay, well, this has been an incredible discussion. I could talk to you for hours. Um, in our final moments together, what are some of your predictions for the future of, of VR and AR over the next few years? Uh, in I know you just said that in the next uh, 10 years, we'll be able to kind of time travel through VR, but what are some of your more immediate thoughts and predictions? Yeah, I think I think we're coming to a moment where, because until today, VR was, you know, the, every year, People were saying, okay, next year VR will get mainstream and, and, and things like that, but it was kind of slower than people expected. I think we're getting to a moment where more and more people will, uh, will enter VR and enter the metaverse and experience AR and VR. I think companies like Apple, which you know, probably will release their headsets this year, and some other companies like Samsung, that it will help a mainstream adoption. I think within the next 10 years, we'll definitely see probably more than 25, 30, 40% of population using VRAR weekly. Um, and and um, um, maybe even on, the, on a daily basis. And uh, I think it will be, it will be amazing. The, the mainstream adoption is coming, um, but it, I, maybe it will come in a little bit different way than people anticipate. Um, uh, so yeah, but it's, it's just an incredible, it will have an incredible impact on humanity for sure. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like I need to just de go decompress after this conversation because there, there was <laughs> just so, uh, so mind opening. Um, where can our listeners go to keep up with everything going on at Somnium Space right now? Yeah, I think you can search for Somnium Space on Twitter, uh, Discord, um, Authenticity, Telegram, um, and just tweet at me. Uh, you know, on, on Twitter, and we're, we're gladly going to answer you. Or every day at 10 p.m. CET, we have a daily meetup in Somnium where a community comes in, meets together, and just have, uh, have a lot of fun. So just jump into Somnium, meet us, talk to us, and uh, let's discover Metaverse together. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Arthur, for this uh, fascinating conversation today. And I wish you just the the best of everything in business and, and in life. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much for having me and for invitation. It was a big pleasure. That was Artur Sichov, founder and CEO at Somnium Space. Wow, whoever thought that we'd just be having a, a casual conversation about time travel, loved ones living forever, uh, replaying conversations. And uh, it, it's really mind-blowing when you think about everything that technology, VR, and artificial intelligence truly opens up for us. And uh, all of these things that seemed so futuristic and far off are... Um, um, you know, in a, a very immediate horizon, which is very exciting. And Arthur certainly at the center of that. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to check out. Uh, we've had so many incredible episodes with experts across Web3, Metaverse, NFTs, crypto, you name it. Uh, definitely check out uh, some of our other episodes. You're listening to Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg, and I'll be back next week with an all new episode.